Look at somebody nearby and say, did you know God has some refining seasons? Refining seasons. God's refining seasons. How many of you know that God can take what was actually meant to destroy you and turn it and transform it and make it good in your life? God can take what was ruined and recreate it into a beautiful work in his hands. This is, this is who he is. The heart of the gospel is that it looked like it was all over. And not only that it was all over, it wasn't not only that it wasn't all over. That's a wild sentence. But that there was a new beginning had begun. That he took what looked like the end, the violence of the crucifixion, we see death swallow up Jesus. And he says, it is finished to the undiscerning ear. One might think that Jesus said, I am finished. But this is when the purpose of God takes off. This is where the mystery of the redemptive power of God kicks in. The deep purposes of God happens when it looks like you are finished. Something indeed was finished, but it wasn't Jesus. Something indeed is finished, but it's not you. If you've gone through uh, an insurmountable trial in your life and you feel like you are finished, I want you to think about this just for a moment. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lifts you up out of the ashes. So you might think you're finished, but Christ is in you. The hope of glory is in you. You are a son of the living God. You are a daughter of the resurrected king of glory, and you are never, ever finished. No matter how far down you think you've gone, you're never, ever, ever finished. If you feel like death has swallowed you up, buckle up. Father God is doing something so deep that what he does through you will go the distance. Shallow waters create a ripple, but deep waters create tsunamis. How many of you say, I want the deep waters? The resurrection of Jesus is a redemptive tsunami that goes, the forgiving power of God, the glory, wave after wave of glory has covered the earth. The transforming love of Jesus covers nations because he's gone deep. He'll go deep in you. Paul explained the big picture in Christ in 1 Corinthians 15.54. says, when the now this is the big picture. When the perishable puts on imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality, then, you sh then there shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? How many of you have been stung by your own sin? Have you been stung by the power of death? Oh yeah, we all have. 
have been swallowed up. How many have been swallowed up by fear? How many have been swallowed up by fear, anxiety, depression? How about swallowed up by the fear of failure? Just swallowed up. Each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. And then the desire, when it's conceived, gives birth to sin. And when it's fully grown, it brings forth death. We just get swallowed up because we follow our flesh. We all have fallen prey to the power of sin and death. It continues, this is the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it throws this at us. It says, therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And I'm going, well, what about all those that are already just smashed to smithereens? They have been moved. They have been... They can't, they've lost their grip. They're not steadfast. They're under the toe of things. Well, then here's the work of the Lord. Many times the work of the Lord is just show up. But turn to somebody and say, just show up. Just show up. Show up in His presence. Show up when you're hurting. Show up when you're wondering when things will change. Just keep showing up. Show up when you're entering the process. See, there's a process of restoration. You've got to show up. Show up when you're in pain. Show up when you're under it. Show up when you're unsure. Just show up. Show up when you're insecure. Show up when you're afraid. Show up, show up, show up. The only trouble with a living sacrifice is it wiggles its way off the altar. Stay put. I was convinced... When I got into the ministry, the Lord basically said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put you on the operating table. And I'm going to do successful operations on you. Then everybody else is going to get hope that they can be changed. It was not exciting. It was not fun. But I learned a lot. What is the work of God? Doing the work. The labor, your labor is not in vain if you work. Here's what Jesus said it was. They said to him, what must me do to be doing the works of God? And he said, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Your work is to believe in Jesus. Your work is to believe in the accomplished work of Jesus. Your work isn't to huff and puff and try to pull it off and be stuck in your mind trying to, you know, the Lord doesn't really, it's kind of funny, the Lord doesn't care if you give that good old college try. It's going to run out eventually. You're going to treat, you know, muster it, pull it all together and all this stuff. It's just going to crumble. When your, your destiny is not based on your, your talent, your gifts and stuff like that. It's based on his capacity inside of you. If you build it all on you, you're going down. And people are going down because... He, the only way you can go the distance is to have the love of Father God deeply in your spirit. That way you go through, a, you mess up, and you're still loved. When things fail, you still know. That's what Paul had. Paul had that deep, deep inner love. When things crumble, when things crash, when everything goes the opposite way you think, you still know your own mission because you, he's, the love is there. Let's just praise the Lord. The love is there.
That's the thing. You can't. He says, you can't, you can't take me. He says, nobody can take you. Jesus said it. He says, you're in my palm. You're in his palm. Nobody can get you out of the palm. Nobody can take you. Aren't you glad that he has a great grip? He loves you. Come on, little monkey. <laughs> How many of you have been jumping out of the... You jump and you grab your back. You jump and grab your back. How many of you run down the road and you go, this is not where I'm supposed to be, right? <laughs> you wake up after a bit. Still in the midst of the trial, the one who is fervent for the Lord, full of passion to do his will, can be hit with amazingly disheartening betrayals. It's a trip that those, uh, the, Jesus, it's funny how you do the, the, the Lord's uh, the communion. It says, on the night he was betrayed, some of the things that wreck us the most, the deepest, are betrayals that take your heart out and just squash them and crush you. Um, and that's when you want to give up. Now, Simon Peter, we're going to look at him for a minute. Now, Jesus had a betrayal in Jesus, but I, I just want us to look at this for a minute. So I'm going to pray. We're going to look at three little phrases here. And I ask the Lord to help us. And then we're going to end up on a, uh, a point of deliverance. I believe that the Lord, it's not really actually in the message, but a few weeks ago when I was preaching, the Lord brought up the term torment. And if anybody was here, it wasn't, it was, there was a little bit of it in the message, but the point was the Holy Spirit wanted to say, I want to break the power of every torment over us. And I'm just going to throw this out now. I believe the Lord wants to deliver some of us here today from mind binding. So let me just throw that seed out. Something that just grabs a hold of your mind. You, get, you feel stuck. Because when I was preparing, it would, you know, these things, these things come up, you know, these like these little thoughts, this mind control, mind binding thing, it floats up here and it's like, so I go down in the basement and I'm working on this message and then it shows up there. I think the Holy Spirit's going, I want to, I want to free some people today. I want to release some people. If you have been struggling in your mind to be freed from something, and uh, part of the mind-binding thing is like this. It'll recall some sad memory or place of failure and want to replay it over and over and over. It gets you stuck. It's almost like a squid that grabs a hold of your head. And the anointing is in the house today to destroy what would hold you back from walking into the fullness of it was like, I feel anointing on me right now, this anointing in the room. Just go ahead and say, Jesus, in, Father God, in Jesus' name, if I, any place where I have been uh, thinking over and over of a failure, and I know you have forgiven me in the authority of Jesus' name, I repent for giving it place and I renounce it in the name of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, come in your anointing and break its power off of every heart, every mind now. In Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come off now. Come off now. Come off now. Come off now. It's not your personality. It's demonic. It doesn't belong to you. It doesn't belong to anybody. It's a work of darkness. Be gone. Be gone. Be gone. In Jesus' name, be gone. Be gone. Be gone. 
you're not going to drag this beloved saint down that road anymore. In Jesus' name, be gone. No more. No more. I sever it. We cut it. We take the sword of the Spirit and sever it. Every tentacle, every negative thought process, in Jesus' name, broken. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord for the... If you feel a, a something releasing in your mind, releasing off of you, just say, Lord, I hate it. I don't want it. It's not me. I don't want it anymore. We've renounced it. We've legally disowned it. The anointing of the Spirit of God takes it away. I didn't know I was going to jump in the middle of the message and do this before we got started, but as we're working along this, I believe there will be a continued anointing and spirit work of the Spirit of God. Here's the thing what happens whenever God gives a freedom, and all of us know this, when you get some point of freedom, you don't think the same way you used to think. There's the potential now to renew the spirit of your mind. If you've always wrestled to renew the spirit of your mind and you keep running into this impasse, it's because there's a hindrance, there's an obstacle there. And Father God just loves you so much. And he knows when the creepy crawly jumped into your life. And he doesn't want it there. He wants it cast out. Because he has this passion for loving you, and he doesn't want anything in the way of his love for you. Nothing in the way. He said that really strong to me. He said, everything in the past that keeps people from receiving the fullness of my love in the present I want it gone. And so he puts an anointing. Let's just praise the Lord. He puts an anointing in the church. Jesus went around. He literally got rid of, healed people from the works of the devil. Healing them. Freeing them. You think different. You see different. You respond different. You respond out of love instead of out of, oh no, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? How many of you had that battle before? What's wrong with me? That thing cannot stay. God hates it. Father God hates it. He hates it. And you can too. You say, I hate you with a perfect hatred. I count you my enemy. Be gone from my life. You've stolen enough. I didn't know I was going to get here, but, you know, that quick. Well, let's look just a little bit about the, you know what, let's just lift our heads again. Let's go ahead and bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Let the cleansing power of his love just release freedom all around you, in you, for you, through you. I feel like the Lord wants to, some of you just wants to kiss you on the forehead. Just let the Lord renew the spirit of your mind with his love. Let him bask, let him help you, let him take you, let him have you. Praise the Lord. This is a morning of that. This is a morning where the Lord says, I'm just going to renew you, free you, bless you, cherish you, let you know. There's seeds of Father's love being sown into depths of places inside of the heart that hasn't had the opportunity to grow. He wants to grow His love for you deeply up out of you. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord. Oh, how He loves you and me. Oh, how He loves you and me. He gave His life. What more could He give? Oh, how He loves you. Oh, how He loves me. Oh, how 
praise the Lord. Now let's look at our text here. Luke 22, verse 31 through 32. Jesus says these amazing words. Simon, Simon. Now he had called him Peter, and I heard a long time ago. <laughs> uh, I heard one, one pastor say he called him Simon when he wasn't sure where he was. He called him Peter when he knew what he was doing. Well, we don't know, but anyway, that's not. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. This is a massive statement. Three layers here. You see, right before this, right in the midst of all this, Peter says, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Okay, let's just, let's just go ahead and throw this out. How many of you have been overconfident before? <laughs> How many of you have trusted in your own strength before? <laughs> in the garden, you know, Jesus asked Peter to just pray with me, and he fell asleep. He couldn't, he couldn't even pull that off, you know. Peter had leadership ability, but he was relying on his own inner resource, and therefore he totally misunderstood his part in following Jesus. And uh, Jesus perceived this weakness, and he wanted to raise Peter into the leader he could, that could lead the way Jesus wanted him to lead. He just wasn't there yet. Peter was in the way. <laughs> How many of you have gotten in the way? So here's the first statement. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. Now, sift as wheat is a metaphor that could be expressed. I want to shake something apart. I want to break the person down. Amos 9, 9, uh, there's a similar image where God is shaking Israel. For I will give the command and will shake Israel along with the other nations as grain is shaken in a sieve, yet not one true kernel will be lost. There's a shaking. There's shaking going on in our nation now. What's not of God is being shaken. Satan just wanted to destroy Simon Peter, but uh, see, Satan's not thinking about refining anybody. He's blind. Satan is blind. He doesn't get it. Had he known, he still doesn't get it. He's still deceived. He doesn't live in the light. He lives in darkness. He doesn't come except to kill, steal, and destroy. You see? So he's thinking he's going to steal kill and destroy Simon. That's what he's after. He thinks that's the goal. He says, I'm going to sift you. I'm going to take you apart. So he's there to destroy him. But in his power, God in his power raises Jesus from the dead, defeats the power of Satan, which is the power of death. So, so underneath all this is like God's going to say, uh, I'm going to use what the devil's trying to do to destroy Peter, and I'm going to actually redeem him. Sifting is to show the tr us the truth. 
How many of you feel you've gone through any sifting times yourself? It shows the truth that brings us to a point of remorse followed by our repentance. So basically, Simon, you're going to go through the sifter. You're going to be shaken up and bounced around. You're going to go through an ordeal. To sift as wheat means to separate the grain from the chaff. Just think about this. So you go out and you harvest, you thresh the thing, you get this stuff there, it's got this outer covering on it. Say outer covering. Self-will. Your way of doing things. Your self-perception of, are you there? The outward man. Paul even said the inward man is renewing day by day, but the outward man is being destroyed, you know, taken off. To be walking with the Lord is the inward man. When you have strong self-will, resistance, stubbornness, stick your heels down, say, my way or the highway, that's not usable in the kingdom of God. Peter was that way. He had to go through the sifting. Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times tonight before the rooster crows in the morning. No. Yeah. And he did. He denied that he actually knew who Jesus was. That's what happens when you go, I can do it. Look at me. I can do it. I'll be there for you. Me, 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 me. I can do anything for Jesus. I'll go the distance. Who is he? So he predicted that. Peter did exactly what Jesus said would happen. Has anybody here ever denied Jesus in some way in your life? Usually, for me, it's usually when I'm scared uh, to let go of something or I don't know what I'll be without that. Have you ever felt like you've been under some kind of attack, being stolen from? Have you gone through some miseries where you've, you know, sifting work, sifting work, sifting work? But Jesus says this. He says, I love this part. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. I think the only reason I'm actually here is because Jesus prayed for me. He said, uh, Rogers, Father God and Jesus talking, Rogers in the way of fulfilling our will. He means well, but he's just full of himself. He thinks he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't. He's a mess. It's kind of like he says, well, we're going to turn up the furnace, but I'll keep my hand on the thermostat. So when he's about to go toasty, we'll back off a bit. And here come the betrayals. 
Here come the backstabbing. Here comes, here comes, here comes, here comes. Here comes, here comes. Everybody has to decide, are we going to actually be with him or not? Everybody. Just turn it up. People leaving left and right. Fried. Jesus, reduce me to love. Jesus, redu I didn't know what to do in the fire. Reduce me to love. Reduce me to love. Reduce me to love. Reduce me to love. Pain, um, oozing emotional blood, dying. Not just once. Look at Paul's life. How many times a guy got to get beat up? And the anointing just increases and increases and increases. You can wipe the sweat off of a handkerchief and people get delivered. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Just tell the Lord, uh, I'm going to stay in with you. I'm going to stay in with you. Because see, the Lord's in the fire with you. He's there. He's there. Sometimes when you don't feel him at all, that's when he's closest. Let's praise him for a minute. Can we do that? Let's praise the Lord with me for a minute. I feel like the Lord wants to make sense to some people inside of your spirit that uh, He's with you in this season of refining. He's with you. He's with you. And it doesn't feel comfortable because there's things that you've determined that you would be for Him and that's just not working out. It's just not working out. So when you start to crumble in who you think you are for God, uh, you feel like, what in the world am I? I you, know, you just want to bail, right? How many of you just want to like give up, quit, whatever? You, you, you're not happy with yourself. But Jesus has prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Your faith is no longer going to be in you. It's going to be in Him and what He's done and what He can do in you. And the outer shell is taken. And the inward life is released. Jesus didn't promise Peter that he would remove this impending test. He said, I'll pray for you in the middle of it. And when the, ro the rooster crowed, you know, and there he was. He was just fully ashamed of himself. Paul said in Acts 14, he says, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. So they'll keep coming. 1 Peter 1, 6-7, In this you rejoice, though for now a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. So the, the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. James 1, 2 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials. I've really struggled with this verse for a long time. Count it all joy when you... When you're in a trial. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and the steadfastness has its full effect when it's fully has its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There's something so wisdom about that, such deep wisdom about that, that when you go through this winnowing, sifting thing, and you're stripped down, the part that can actually grow for the kingdom of God is left. And how you thought you were going to do His will, that's not it anymore. It's what He's going to do. Do you know Jesus never promoted Himself? 
he gets this big crowd of people and he basically tells them, you know, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood to get it. And they get, he runs them all off. It's amazing. And he's never promoted. Self-promotion is just not there. It's not that all the leadership principles we've been taught, you know, they're like almost anti-Christ. Die! Die and let God do the thing that he does up through you. And then this anointing comes that you that it's there, and he's doing it. Praise the Lord, everybody. Somebody praise the Lord. Even if you understand or not, just go ahead and say, I want to understand. If you're halfway into it, you know, and you're saying, I think things are coming apart, just praise the Lord. You're going to come out with the part that he didn't want gone. Hallelujah. It's so much fun to say hallelujah and then go, ah. But look at this. For those who foreknow, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. And it's not going to happen without the, the fires and the trials. It's not, but that we might be the firstborn among many brothers. You know, Jesus went through all this trial and fire and stuff, and he was like the prototype, the archetype. You know, he's a, here's, the, here's, the, here's the perfect human being now. Now we're going to make everybody like this one. Amen? So here's the thing. Even Peter couldn't pray for himself in this, but Jesus prayed for him. And when someone in, you see somebody going through a deep trial, join Jesus in praying for them. Pray for one another. Pray for each other. When you see somebody feel like their life is coming apart, pray for them. Miracles are right around the corner. The miraculous touch of Jesus is really, really close. And then he says this, and when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now that um, Peter now understood how easy it was for him to fail, how easy it was for him to fall, now he knew. And now Peter would not be judgmental. And now Peter would have compassion because he received the mercy of God. Now he could give the mercy of God. He'd been through the sifter. I remember a precious friend was full of the um, faith message but would not, couldn't be healed. Had a curvature of the spine for years and uh, this person explained that there was a moment that did come when God straightened the spine but it was after compassion for people who were in misery was established inside of, of their heart so they wouldn't be legalistic and say all you need is more faith and beat people up with the Bible. This was a, a person that God did the healing after they were, had bon, gone through the sifting. They wouldn't be religious about it. Is somebody getting anything out of this? See, the, the fire is about us having a heart conformed to the nature of Jesus. 
And then the power and the presence, that anointing, has a free flow. So I want to read this now. John 21, 15 through 19. And when they had finished breakfast, this is after, you know, he was so disheartened with himself, he quit. He said, I'm going to go fishing. <laughs> I want to go back to something I know. And then he goes back to something he thinks he knows and he can't catch fish. <laughs> that didn't work out either. And Jesus says, throw the nets out on the other side. We've done this before. Jesus told us to throw the nets out on the other side one other time. And then here come the fish. And they're all in the boat, right? And now they're all on the, the shore. And he said, when he had finished breakfast, he said to Simon Peter, he said, Simon Peter. Now, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? How many times did he curse him and deny him? Three, right? So there's three moments here. I think that's really amazing. I think that's amazing because Jesus, the wisdom of God to heal the soul is uncanny. He goes to the right to the place. He says, you know, if I ask him one time, it's not going to be enough. I don't know what it is God with number three, but he likes threes. You love me? You know I love you. Feed my lambs. You love me? Yeah, I love you. I denied you, but I do love you. Feed my sheep. You love me? The other hidden thing is, do you love, do you agape? Do you agape? Do you love me like... You know, with the love of God, I like you like a friend. I'm doing my best. I don't have all that yet. And he says, do you like, he meets him where he is. Do you like me like a friend? You know I do. Feed my sheep. Restoration. Spirit of restoration. He's restored to his original calling he's restored under the spirit of god he's awakened from the destruction he's now the outward man is gone and the inward man is being revived in the presence of the person of jesus and now what Jesus had in store for Peter is going to come to pass. Because Peter's not in the way anymore. You never see in the ministry of Jesus that his shadow, if people could get in the shadow of Jesus, you never saw that. But Jesus had planned once we get Peter out of Peter and I've told him that greater works will you do that people ran to put their sick relatives in the shadow of Peter and they were healed
God has plans for you. He has purpose for your life. He refines everybody. Nobody comes ready. Nobody comes fully in gear. He's got to run us all through the sifter. You just persevere. Elijah was sifted. Moses was sifted. Moses was sifted so severely that he didn't even want to do the will of God ever again. David was sifted. I read where uh, a book where um, Saul kept chasing him around for 14 years, wanted to kill him. And somebody brilliantly said, Saul trying to kill David was putting to death the Saul nature inside of David. Sifting, sifting, sifting. You never know the ways he's doing it, the things he's doing. But when you respond in a way that's not Christ-like, there's something of a work that still can potentially be done in you. Uh, and this is what blows me. Paul was sifted over and over again. And then I think Jesus, in his humanness, when he said, not my will, but thine be done, I think there was a level of sifting there. Just to So, now let's... Uh, how's, how are we doing? Has this been a, helpful? Okay. Now let's go ahead and lift our heads. Say, I receive, Lord, the way you work in my life. It is my desire that I leave the chaff of my self-will behind and that my spirit be renewed and alive in you. And every hindering work of darkness, I break agreement with it, and I renounce it now in the name of Jesus. I'm going to pray this thing over the mind-binding thing again, okay? Can you just lift your heads? No, I want you to see in your mind Jesus graciously putting his hand on your forehead. I want you to see Jesus putting his hand on your forehead. And then he's going to grab it and pull it off of you. And you're going to be delivered from everything that has been a binding on your mind. Would you allow the Lord to take it off of you now? The anointing is in the room. And every place where you've had mental warfare, in Jesus' name, be gone. Anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. The anointing destroys the yoke. I'm going to ask you to just pray in the Spirit somewhere. If you don't know what we're doing, the Holy Spirit gives us a language to talk to God. It's not learned out of our mind. It's learned out of the Spirit of God. Let's go ahead and pray. Would you, Lord, those who baptize the Spirit, just pray the Spirit gently. 
Even by the greater work of the Spirit, greater work of the Spirit, there's a liberation, a liberty that's coming into this room by the Holy Spirit. And He's going to take. There's a. You can get bent in a certain way and be looking at something the same way over and over and over and over. Says that's not how I look at it. I'm going to. I'm going to free you from that. Let's praise Him. Go ahead and praise Him. Praise Him. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lifting. The Spirit of the Lord is lifting things. Would you just go ahead and praise Him for this? Say, Lord, praise You, Lord, lifting this off of me. Worship time. I felt the Spirit, the Lord, highlighting to me the Spirit of performance. And we want to say, I don't want anything to do with that either. Jesus is enough. Let's go ahead and say, Jesus is enough to please the Father, and He can please the Father through me. Let's just you. now, Lord, anointing. Let the anointing come. I command every a detach. Every work of a spirit of performance, you have to leave. You have to go now. You can't be there in anybody anymore. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. We break the mind binding. We break performance. You have something, honey? Yeah. If your identity is wrapped up in how much you perform, that's going to be useless. That's probably why the Lord's put you through so many fires. So much sifting, trying to get rid of that, and maybe you fought it. Surrender. Let him take it. It's not doing you any good. You will be a carrier of the love of the Father, and you will be full of assurance that you are His child, His son, His daughter, and that's the that's the rooting of what Jesus had. Isn't this wonderful? The presence of the Lord here. Praise you, Lord. His delight in you is so great. It's so off the charts. It's like if you could look at like a, a gas gauge, it's full. He says, "I love you fully." There's not a little. You haven't done anything to to cause the love not to be full. It's impossible for him not to love you fully. You can't do anything more than him love you more, because it's all in Christ, fully. Just tell the Lord, I want to. I want to. I want to see more who you are and how you do this stuff. More of the love, yeah. More of the love. Now, in my spirit, man, I'm feeling like I, I feel like some of the this mental traffic and the binding stuff has been being taken. Has any got a, got a witness? Do you feel like some of this stuff has been taken? It's been taken. Got a few hands going up. It's been taken from you. It's been taken from you. It's good to know that. To say, I'm free to have the mind of Christ now. I'm not going to be pulled back into the traps. I'm going to tell another thing right quick. I was praying with someone recently, and there was a. A deep wound that happened to the person that they couldn't share it with anybody because of the nature of the religious spirit in the home. 
I'm not going to get real specific. And the person took on what they call, what you call self-condemnation. The person condemned themselves. Just a little, little kid. I'm sitting there with the person and the Lord basically says, tell this person that that self-condemnation is not their self condemning themselves. It's a demon named self-condemnation. And tell the demon to leave. And it left. It left. It left. And they no longer condemned themselves. They thought it was them. The devil is such a sly, lying deceiver. The person told me it felt like something was being ripped out of them because it went in when they were really young. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. Say, rip it out, Jesus. <laughs> rip it out. Rip it out. We take authority and say, rip it out. Take out anything, anything of the work of darkness that's hindered us Thank you, Lord. He's working. Let's just let that in. Look, look there's, a, there's a work of the Spirit of God in the room as we're talking our way through these things. He's just snipping, snapping, breaking, releasing, freeing, doing this work. Why run away? Let him have it. Let him have it. Let him have it. Let the Lord have it. Give your heart fully over. I was uh, talking with Thursday night and uh, reviewing it with somebody on the phone, what happened, and here's what basically they said, and I thought it was brilliant. It says this, it all boils down to forgiveness. It all boils down to forgiveness. Deep heart, submitting your heart to the forgiving power of Jesus. And then the roots of bitterness go. And all the attachments go. Freedom's come, hasn't it? If you've started to feel a little bit of joy inside, that's a sign. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Those that are going to serve in prayer, come on up. And um, we're going to dismiss here. Let's go ahead and stand together. Would you do something? I don't want to push you into hugging anybody you don't want to hug or don't feel comfortable about that. But if you could reach out and shake the hand of somebody or put your hand on their shoulder and say this. Say, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord fill you. Just fill you. Just bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If you have some follow-up need and want more prayer, come on up. We're dismissed now.